Welcome to Invested in Wellness, a Fidelity Investments Canada podcast. I'm Jesse Serapian. Join us for part two of our Happy Belly series. Today, we are joined by April Cockshut, clinical herbalist and certified nutritional practitioner for an engaging discussion on unlocking the secrets to a healthy gut and improved digestion. We'll explore effective strategies for gut support, including key dietary tips, lifestyle practices, and natural remedies to enhance your gut health. After all, you are what you eat and absorb. April is co-owner of Zen and Tonic, a wellness clinic in Toronto, offering a range of services on holistic healing. This podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. By performing any of the exercises provided, you are doing so at your own risk. Fidelity will not be responsible or liable for any injury or harm you sustain as a result of the use of any information or content in this podcast. I'm super excited for today's show. It is part two of our Happy Belly series. So April, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Jesse. I'm so happy to be here. And on the second show, it's exciting. Yes. Yeah, so welcome back again. So last time we chatted about mindful eating and really highlighting we are what we eat and absorb. So April, my first question for you is why is it so important for us to understand our gut health? Yeah, that's a great question. We all have guts. Um, they live inside of us and oftentimes we forget about them, right? We, we can feel the signs, but we don't all often focus on our gut health. Um, and the reason is, is the gut's really linked to every part of our, of our body, right? It's often referred to as our second brain due to its immense impact on all of our health systems. Um, you know, not only for the biological functions, so nutrient absorption, again, you are what you eat and absorb. We really stressed that last show and really going to hone in on that, um, that phrase again today. Um, but it's also really important in immune system response and emotional regulation and neurological function. If we are not absorbing the nutrients to fuel all those pathways, we're not going to be as healthy or thrive as well as we could. Yeah, no, that's, I completely agree. So we want to gauge the participants on the line and we're going to ask a series of polls throughout the show. So the first poll question is, do you feel like you're in control of your gut health? Yes or no? So for myself, yes, I feel like I'm in control of my gut health. I'm very intuitive. I really know what my body does not respond well to, what it responds well to. And, and I really listen to that. I really listen to my, to my gut and how it's feeling. If something feels wrong or feels off while I'm eating something that I don't necessarily eat regularly, then I know, okay, maybe this is not right for me. I love that. And that's so important. It's important to sit with it, acknowledge it. A lot of us we don't really acknowledge, we'll just eat the same things, not understanding, okay, why am I feeling bloated or why am I having, you know, the bowel reaction that I am? So that's really interesting. Are there any yeah. foods that, you know, work really well with your gut? You know what? Mostly like whole foods, for sure. Whole foods, yeah. anything that's processed, I feel like there's lots of processed food in, in lots of foods that we eat, but I try to eat a lot of whole foods, a lot of grains, a lot of greens that I, my body responds really well to, for sure. Iron fiber, what we touched upon last time, right? So yes. important. Interesting. Okay, yes. let's see what the poll says. How intrigued okay. is everyone else? Six, oh, 70% say yes, that they are in control of their gut health. 
That's very interesting. 30% though, if 30% are feeling out of control, that's going to really affect, you know, other aspects, especially going into, I think we were talking before the call, you know, going into the fall when cold and flu season is, is on our doorsteps or even with all the kids back to school. This is the time where we need to really strengthen our immune system, which means that we really have to focus on our gut health yeah. and make sure that that's, you know, further strengthening our immune system. For sure. I completely agree. And so what is the most important part? of our gut health. The gut's complicated. It really is. Um, and one of the reasons why it is so complicated is because it evolves with us, right? Um, and one of the most, I would say the most important part of gut health is stomach acid. And it's an interesting topic of conversation because when we're working with a lot of conventional doctors or, you know, we're reading things out there, a lot of us feel like we want to suppress, we want to lower our stomach acid because we're getting acid reflux or we're getting GERD. Um, but oftentimes it's actually the opposite reason we're getting that GERD and that acid reflux is because our stomach acid is too low. Okay. So what is stomach acid? Stomach acid is the gast gastric juices that build in our stomach. Okay. And stomach acid is responsible for getting extremely acidic. It's the only thing in our body that actually is acidic. Acidity is usually bad. We don't want our bodies to be acidic. That means there's inflammation and, you know, things are breaking down. But in our gut, we need stomach acid to be acidic so that when we eat our food, it can break down all those whole foods that you say you're eating, like the kale and the meats and the proteins and the carbohydrates and break them down into, you know, simple nutrients that we can absorb in our intestines. If we don't have stomach acid and we can't get our stomach or gut acidic enough to break down those foods, that's going to wreak havoc on our entire digestive system. That's going to cause fermentation in the gut, which is going to cause gas and bloating or that bubbling up into our esophagus, which causes that acid reflux or GERD that so many people are being affected by. Mm -hmm. Another really important thing is if our we don't have enough stomach acid, what happens is our you know, our stomach is going to be left being like, okay, we don't have enough stomach acid to digest this food. So we're just going to empty the contents into our intestines, but that's going to cause a lot of inflammation. That's how a lot of, you know, Crohn's and IBS come started is because that food is getting passed from the gut where it should be broken down. It should be, you know, made really simple for the intestines to absorb, but it's not. So stomach acid is Definitely, I would say the most important part. Um, and the reason why this discussion is so important is because it's, you know, we also have to acknowledge that stomach acid, when we're younger, Jesse, could you go out and eat just like a two giant poutines or two hamburgers and just like feel great and feel like, oh, I feel completely unaffected? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> right? You kind of have like a gut of steel. I remember those days. But nowadays, I feel, I don't know. What about you, if I feel, if I eat something really processed or something really heavy, I'm going to feel the effects. I'm going to feel tired after, or, you know, I might feel like low energy. Do you ever feel that way? Yeah. Yes, I do. The reason for that is our stomach acids, they naturally are on the decline as we age. So that's even more reason for this show and for viewers to understand that we have to focus on that and we have to help continue creating balance in our digestive system and maintaining those those levels of stomach acid, okay? Mm -hmm. So not only do those stomach levels naturally, you know, decrease, but things like, um, you know, processed food, a high acidic diet, high in sugar, meats, et cetera, and also the biggest thing, stress, that's gonna deplete our stomach acids. We yeah. have really have to be aware of how to support it. 
Question for you. Does stomach acid vary between male and female? That's a really good question. It does not. Okay. It really varies depending on, I would say, our stress levels um, and our intake of the nutrients that make up stomach acid. So stomach acid is made up mainly of hydrochloric acid, salt, zinc, and it also holds a lot of our digestive enzymes and our microbiome. So all that good bacteria. Right. Okay. So does that vary from male to female, from person to person, depending on how much stress you've, um, you've underwent, depending on how you were brought up, what diet you ate, what nutrition you, you uh, intake? A hundred percent. Not a single person has the same microbiome and, you know, digestive abilities at this point. I see. Is too little stomach acid, does it lead to reflux? Yes, that's a great question. It does. Okay. So um, imagine this is our, our stomach. Okay. This is very little stomach acid in here. Okay. In a normal gut, we should probably have almost a full cup of stomach acid. If we then try to take something that is healthy, let's say like a steak salad. Okay. We should be able to digest that just fine. But we put that into this stomach and we kind of shove in raw kale and a protein that's quite hard to digest. This stomach acid, we should have enough stomach acid to cover all that content and digest it nicely. But if we don't, and we try to put the same meal into a stomach with very low stomach acid, what happens is the top of that food is not going to be digested. It's not going to be covered in acidity, and it's going to start fermenting. And what happens is that's when those bubbles, those fermentation bubbles and gas starts being created because it can't be broken down. And that's going to bubble up and cause that acid reflux or cause that bloating. Got it. Okay. So speaking of stomach acid, what are some of the signs of a depleted stomach acid? So I would say the first signs, bloating. Are you getting bloated as soon as you eat? Are you getting bloated daily? So that can also mean like a sign of low stomach acid, maybe a food sensitivity, which is exciting. We're going to talk about um, in our next show. Um, indigestion. So are you getting GERD? Are you getting acid reflux? Um, also, I know it's often uncomfortable to talk about poop, but our poop tells us so much about our gut health. Also, if we have any food sensitivities, if we're going under stress. So if we're getting constipation, diarrhea, we need to be having bowel every single day. If we're not, there's something going on. And please talk to a nutritionist or a naturopath or your doctor because that's very unhealthy. If there's undigested food particles or mucus in your bowels, if your um, poop is floating, that's another sign. Okay. Another big sign, too, that I ask a lot of my clients for are your nails. If your nails, if you find that they're peeling or they're bendy, that's usually a sign of nutrient malabsorption or low stomach acids. Some other things, excessive hunger. So if you feel like you're intaking enough calories, but you're always having these cravings and you're always hungry, that's another key sign. Uh, increased cravings, chronic fatigue, uh, reduced immune system health. So if you're getting sick all the time, what are the signs? Are you eating too much sugar? Do you not have enough gut biome to also help your immune system biome? And another thing, emotional irritability. That's another one. So you can see with these symptoms that the gut really affects all aspects. We're like inside and out. And that's why we need to support it and really focus on it. Yeah, no, that's really, really important. So this leads to our next poll question. Are you showing signs of reduced stomach acid? So are you showing no signs at all? One to two signs, three to four signs, uh, or all signs of depleted stomach acid? So just let April discuss. It could be uh, bloating, indigestion, um, not daily bowel movements, increased hunger, um, nails. So I would say for myself, one to two signs um, of a reduced stomach acid on, on my end. Mm -hmm. And I think also it's important to note that 
Sometimes we show signs, but not all the time, right? If we're going through a period of really, really high stress, we're either in this kind of flight or fight mode, which we kind of discussed last uh, session, or we're in this kind of rest and digest mode. So you can show signs of reduced stomach acid because, you know, even I do. If I'm going into a meeting or a day that's extremely stressful and I try to have a meal, I might feel a bit gassier after, a bit more tired after that meal. But for me, I'm very aware of that. So I can look back and I'd be like, oh, I ate that meal really stressed. I probably didn't have as much stomach acid as I needed to digest it. And that's why I'm feeling this way. So I know moving forward to do my breathing before I eat or to be more mindful or just wait and not eat when you're stressed. Okay. Polls uh, results are coming in. Yeah. 73%, one to two signs, 18% with zero signs and 9% with three to four signs. Okay. So that's good. That's showing that we're not showing all the signs for most people. So we're at a position where we can really hone in on what is affecting our gut and implement some strategies to support it. And this is the time, especially moving in the fall and winter when our immune needs that extra bit of a support. And also when this is a big season, when our food choices change. We're kind of leaving summer when we get all those whole foods that you're talking about, all those lovely greens and fresh fruit that actually help our microbiome. They're full of fiber. And we kind of start going into a bit more processed foods because it's easier or there's not as much, you know, that fresh produce readily available. So now's the time to make some goals and to support that gut. Yes, I agree. So speaking of supporting, how do we support our stomach acid? Great question. There's so much what we can do, but let's go to the basis. What is stomach acid made of? Okay, so the, ma the major component of stomach acid is water. We want to make sure that we're hydrated, okay? If we're dehydrated, we're not going to be able to make that stomach acid. So again, I know the mornings are getting colder and darker, so oftentimes we're going to reach for that coffee first thing in this season. Go drink your water. Make sure you're getting 1.5 to 2 liters in. I always stress that every show we have together. Um, another big thing. As we talk about water, I want you to keep it important that water is very alkaline. Stomach acid is very acidic. We need water to make stomach acid, but we don't want to add water to our stomach when we're eating. Because what's going to happen is that's going to dilute the stomach acid and reduce its ability to break down our food. So keep water and eating separately. If you're thirsty when you eat, that's a telltale sign that you're eating too quickly and you're not chewing enough to make saliva to increase that acidity. So slow down, like glass show, be more mindful, appreciate your food, and chew. So the hydration is a big thing. Another big thing is salt. Salt is a key component of stomach acid, hydrochloric acid. A lot of us are scared of salt. And, you know, there's a lot of past history with why salt is so bad for us and how we should avoid salt. But every single cell in our body has a sodium-potassium pump. We do need salt. The problem is, is a lot of the salt we use, like our table salt, it's all that white iodized salt that's bleached, and all the minerals and trace nutrients are, you know, bleached out of it. So what you really need to focus on is to avoid that processed food and bring in salt into your diet in a very natural way. So Himalayan pink salt, um, mineral salt, sea salt, malden salt, add that into your diet. Add a little sprinkle when you cook or chop it on top of your meals, but making sure that you're getting that good quality salt in your diet to build these stomach acids, okay? That's actually why I got into practice. I had chronically low sodium levels. I was grown up in a family that didn't salt anything. 
I drank so much water and I worked out and I was depleting my stomach acids because I had no salt in my system, which is crazy to think because we all think salt is so bad for us. Interesting. Last but not least, something we focused on last session and something that I know I hear you focusing on that makes you feel better is fiber. Fiber, fiber, fiber. Okay. Fiber feeds our natural biome. So you know those probiotics out there? That's bacteria. They're so good for gut health. To feed them and to support our stomach acids and our stomach enzymes, we need fiber to do so. So every day, focus on fiber. How are you getting that in? Is it through those veggies? Is it through those complex carbohydrates like quinoa or brown rice? Is it through starchy vegetables like squash and beets? Enjoy that. Yeah. No, that's that's super important for sure. So speaking about salt, our last poll question is, are you concerned and are restricting salt intake? So for myself, I would say no. I'm not really concerned about it too much. I, I do add, you know, salt in, in, in our meals, but um, I don't really think about it. But now that you bring it up, I should be adding some more for sure and be more mindful of it. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think a lot of us, if we eat a processed diet, we do have to be careful with salt because a lot of our processed prepackaged food has a lot of salt in it. So we do have to be aware of kind of reducing that. And then once we've reduced that salt, add in that really important salt that's good for us. Okay. Split right in the middle. 50-50 right now. (laughs) Okay. Very interesting, right? And these are things that I kind of stress on our shows, you know, um, understanding the buzz behind avoiding fat and salt. I think those are two things society's kind of been made scared of. Now, is fat and salt, is it good? Is it bad? Well, it depends what kind. Same with fat, right? That saturated processed fat, so bad for us. And same with that salt. So get the good stuff into you. How, how much salt do you suggest that we add? Is it per day or per meal? Yeah, I would usually do, you know, like a 16th of a teaspoon daily. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just a little bit. I find I sprinkle it twice on my food. I kind of do like two turns of the salt shaker. That's usually enough. Um, I usually add it to the, my first water in the morning. That's really great for the immune system, for gut health, for stress management. Start your morning with uh, a glass of water with lemon and a little sprinkle of Himalayan pink salt. And that's a great way to start the day. That's great. Um, how many grams of fiber do you suggest each day? Oh gosh, that varies person to person, but I would say like 30 to 40 grams of fiber. So important. Um, I say for, for, you know, as a little challenge, two, uh, two teaspoons or no, two tablespoons, sorry, of raw seeds a day goes a long way. Super easy. Add that to your oatmeal in the morning as a chopper. Add it, add some fresh, um, you know, raw pumpkin seeds, to your salad. Pumpkin seeds are so great for the stomach high in zinc and really high in antiparasitical properties. So those are lovely talking about gut health. Um, but if you find it hard to add in your seeds, you can also just add, I add two tablespoons of chia seeds to my water. I add to my liter water bottle in the morning and I get some protein in there, I get tons of fiber. Um, and it's also kind of fun to drink. Yeah. I love chia seeds. I like making like a little chia pudding the night before. So speaking of increased fiber, so what are some top three key dietary tips that you suggest? Yeah, of course. So I kind of got ahead of myself on this one, but the avoiding drinking water with mealtime, I think is really huge. Uh, I think it's also something to get in tune with. If you are someone who drinks water with every meal, why do you do it? Is it habit? Is it because you're scarfing down your food and you're really eating too quickly? And that goes back to that mindful eating of put that water aside to your food, spend 15, 20 minutes eating. So, so important. 
Um, if you do find that you have troubles digesting your food, there's two things that I would definitely suggest. Um, if you have that suppressed stomach acid, one thing, red meat. Red meat is so complex, it's so heavy. Now, am I vegan? No. Do I eat red meat? Yes. But if we're having red meat every single day, that's one of the most acidic things that we can eat, and that requires the most amount of stomach acid to break down. So I'd say kind of just containing our red meat consumption, understanding how much are we eating, and let's try to reduce the acidic foods that we intake and bring in less acidic foods. So things like lentils and beans and cold water fish and getting some lighter proteins in there that are easier to digest and reduce that inflammation um, on our gut. And then another thing too is cooked versus raw food. This is a really good thing to get into as we go into the fall when a lot of our foods are cooked. We're having more stews and steamed foods and cooked foods. And the reason why I say that is, I don't know, Jesse, have you ever felt bloated after eating like a big kale salad or after eating something really healthy? No. <laughs> okay, so you have good stomach acids. That's good. Yeah. So I have a lot of clients who come to me and they're, they say, I don't get it. I eat so healthy, but I feel so bloated and I get acid reflux. I'm having a kale salad and, you know, it's, it's so healthy. What's wrong? If you have stomach acids that are really low like this, imagine taking a full kale salad and putting in your gut. Most of that kale salad is not going to be covered, which is going to cause that bloating. That's going to cause fermentation because you need a lot of stomach acid and a lot of enzymes to break down that roughage. So think like raw broccoli, raw cauliflower, raw spinach, raw kale. Those are all very cruciferous, very dense foods. But if we go ahead and we take those veggies and we steam them, and then we eat them, what happens is we've kind of almost done one step of that digestive. So it's going to go into our gut and it's going to be a lot smaller. So our stomach acid can cover it. So a really good practice to get into if you're feeling like you do have that GERD or you do have a, you know, lower stomach acid, cook your foods. Eat a fully cooked diet versus a raw diet to help your gut and reduce the inflammation that your gut could be creating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Very interesting, right? Yeah. A lot of times we don't even think about that. It's healthy. But we also understand is our body digesting it, going back to the you are what you eat and absorb. So regardless if you eat something healthy or unhealthy, you know, if we're not digesting that healthy food, what's the point? Yeah, no, for sure. I completely agree. What do you suggest for us women when it's that time of the month when we're menstruating? I find that I feel like hungrier more. I feel... I gravitate more towards fried foods, unhealthy foods. And I think that's kind of the norm um, when it's that time of the month. What do you suggest for that? For sure. So after ovulation, our metabolic rate increases. So we actually burn around three to 600, depending on the person, more calories. So that's why we get cravings. We actually do need to increase our caloric intake. And most of us don't, but we need to. And instead of increasing with sugar or those saturated fats, which our body craves, why does it do that, right? What we want to do is we want to increase our protein, okay? Increase our protein to keep those insulin levels sugar to fuel our body. Increase our iron levels. A lot of proteins have iron in them. And the other thing, too, that we want to increase is fiber, okay? So think protein and fiber. When we increase fiber, fiber attaches to those excess hormones, and eliminates them from our bodies, we're not going to get as much symptoms. Okay, So after ovulation, before menses, what I always recommend, two tablespoons of raw flaxseeds a day goes a long way. So last question, I know we're short for time. So is there a lifestyle practice that we should add to support our gut health? Oh my goodness, there's too many. Um, but I'm going to say two things. 
Okay. Let's go back again to that last show, mindful eating, right? If you can do one thing before you eat is take that deep breath in, relax your belly and tell your body, body, you are safe. This is time not to stress, not to fight or flight. This is time to rest and digest because you are what you eat and absorb. And if we're stressed, we're not going to be doing either of that. Okay. So that's so, so important. And one other thing, because we have a couple more minutes, I do want to say is apple cider vinegar almost kind of mimics like acid. So a practice that we can get into right away is actually 15 minutes before meals to really stimulate that most important part of our digestive system, that stomach acid, is take one teaspoon of raw unfiltered apple cider vinegar. Okay, so you want to get the raw unfiltered kind, so you'll see the mother kind of sitting around. That's going to really activate our digestive system. I would suggest taking one teaspoon of that 15 minutes before meals and then relaxing, being mindful. Don't stress. Focus on your meal preparation. And what's going to happen is this is going to activate all those bitter receptors in your body. So those bitter receptors are what activate the digestive system and the digestive processes. And what's going to happen is your stomach acid is going to slowly rise in stomach acid. And it's going to be like, hey, body, get ready to eat. We're about to eat. Let's build stomach acid and let's be ready to absorb and digest that amazing food. I love that. Do you suggest we shake the bottle before because everything is at the bottom? Yes, exactly. Shake it. Um, and again, that's just going to further activate those really wonderful gut biomes, those really good bacteria in our body. That's great. Well, thank you so much, April. Thank you for practicing with us today. Be sure to subscribe to Fidelity's Invested in Wellness podcast on your podcast platform of choice. If you'd like to follow for more, Tune into our weekly Invested in Wellness webcasts. Register now on fidelity.ca.